0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Dean. It's just us tonight, Dean. Yes, Carrie, it is. (laughs) Well, I have no idea what you're going to talk about. You don't? No.
1: Okay. I am going to talk about one of the greatest, where's Jack when we need him, disappearances in the history of disappearances.
0: (laughs) Why he'd push back on the whole greatest thing. He would,
1: because he always does what this really is, mm-hmm. okay? Although well, maybe our listeners have not heard of it. We'll find out.
0: We'll be the judge of that, Okay. Then.
1: It starts with a tall, distinguished-looking, well-dressed man.
0: Oh, is he walk- handsome, too? Meh.
1: Nah. Meh. Nah. <laughs> okay. Walking into Billy Hoss's Chop Palace on West 45th Street, New York City, between... 8th and 9th Avenues. He's with a young Broadway showgirl on one arm, and he's got a lawyer friend of his on the other side as he walks in.
0: This sounds old-timey.
1: It is a little bit old-timey. The date, in fact, was August 6th, 1930.
0: Oh, very old-timey.
1: Yes, depression or not, though, Manhattan was still, you know, it's a place to see and be seen, and this guy was a man about town for very sure.
0: The chop house was hopping.
1: The chop house, chop house was hopping. Chop house, I, chops means... Steak, meat. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah any kind of meat, I think, right? I think it's like could, pork It Could be chopped, pork chops. Right? So, lamb chops?
0: Perhaps.
1: chops, I don't know. The man was the well-connected and well-known New York City Judge Joseph Crater. He had been named to New York County Supreme Court just a few months before, as a matter of fact, by the New York governor, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who would soon be president of the United States. It was a plum assignment. It would make a pretty rich man like Crater even richer if he played his cards right. It's a pretty corrupt time. Oh, okay. Crater had a ticket to go to a Broadway show later that night. alone, Sally Ritz, the showgirl, that he was with there was one of a string of young women that the very married judge socialized with.
0: How old was he, did you say? He's 41. Okay. Oh, so he's young judge.
1: He is. He is. But, you know, it's 1930, so. Yeah, so that's like, like 74. 60 today. Yeah. yeah. The judge preferred showgirls. He, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> To his wife,
0: or what? Oh, you know, he he had some,
1: (laughs) he he liked the action. He would miss the first half of the show, but so what? As one friend would later say, he went to the theater more for what came after the show than the actual show. Crater left dinner, left the chop house, and he bid his two companions goodbye. Then he either hailed a cab that drove up 45th Street, or the lawyer and the showgirl got into the cab and watched as Judge Crater walked east, heading presumably toward the theater. Accounts vary. After that, this pretty famous New York judge who loved to see and be seen around Manhattan was never seen again. Mm-hmm. Though I think a lot of people listening aren't going to have heard of Judge Crater or his disappearance, I'm guessing. It's... Really hard to exaggerate what a huge story this was. This was a just massive story, dominated the headlines for weeks, not just in New York, too. It was really only the disappearances of Amelia Earhart just a few years later. And I guess I think Jimmy Hoffa, a few decades later, could rival the disappearance of Judge Crater for 20th century mystery disappearances, I think. And we know more about that because Amelia Earhart was so internationally famous, and yeah. there's a lot of, there's a amazing story behind her disappearance, too, f- from what she was doing. But Crater is, trust me, it's a really amazing story, as we'll hopefully find out here in a minute, because there's just, it vanishes into thin air. There's literally no trace whatsoever of what happened to him.
0: So is the podcast over?
1: Yes. I mean, that <laughs> I hope that's interesting, <laughs> but... Anyway, unlike those disappearances, we can be pretty sure what happened to them, don't you think? I mean, Jimmy Hoffa. Let's be honest. Yeah. He was killed by monsters. Yeah. We just don't know exactly. Who, we actually pretty much do know who they were. We just don't know what happened to his body, right. basically. Amelia Earhart. Same she, thing. She came yeah. down over the Pacific. We just yeah. don't know. Did she live for a few days on a deserted island, or she just go, you know, straight into the face ocean, face down yep. into the water? We don't know. But we know what happened to him. We have no freaking clue what happened to Judge Crater or why. Or or how or ever what happened to him? Yeah. So it's. it's, I'm
0: assuming you're going to talk about theories.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. We will. There's a few. As one of those mysteries too, you can't just go. Okay, you know what? That's probably it. There is not a theory that. Okay. That's probably it. We'll take a stab, but yeah. Think about it though. I mean, it's a sitting judge on a, a top court in the media capital of the world. He's just been installed by former vice president candidate franklin roosevelt who was already basically running for president so yeah. that was a big deal too and he literally disappeared without a trace without any kind of a hand no life, likely suspects no motive no none that was obvious anyway and like i said when i say without a trace there's just not even a hand not even a clue not even oh he probably did x or y we have literally no idea when he walked away from that chop house or got into a cab we don't know what happened to him from yeah. that point on it was literally the story of the first half of the twentieth century for sure. So let's start with Judge Crater. Joseph Force Crater was his full name.
0: F O R C E. Very cool middle name, you have to admit. Yeah. A little bit you don't like it? Presumptuous on the part of his parents. Maybe it's like a last name from the family or something, Gary. You don't know. You don't know. A little judgy. Uh, it's a kind of a great name. I'll, ah, I will ex- admit, there you
1: go. Now you're singing the right. Okay, he was born in Easton, Pennsylvania, in eighteen eighty nine to Irish immigrants. The names his parents were Frank and Layla Crater. Layla. Layla's, yeah, Layla's a cool name. Maybe her name is Layla Force.
0: Wait, what nationality were they? Were Irish. They from? Layla does not sound. Does well, not. I guess it could be Irish. I don't know. Sure, why not?
1: Frank Crater owned an orchard. And he ran a produce market in eastern Pennsylvania, crater.
0: Did they grow orchids on this orchard?
1: Doubt it, don't you think? It's <laughs> unlikely. I'm going to say a lot of Christmas trees and maybe elms. It's an I inside joke. Every it time is, and it's, it's I, actually pretty mean-spirited.
0: <laughs> time Dean sees an orchid Thai restaurant, he calls it orchard.
1: <laughs> I've heard it both ways. I'm just saying. I think they're interchangeable.
0: That's and there's words. a lot of orchid Thai restaurants.
1: Oh, you're a monster. <laughs> So Joseph Crater stayed in Easton to attend Lafayette College, he graduated in 1910. He then went on to Columbia University for a law school. Nearing graduation, this is like, it took him a little while, too. He might, maybe he was working through law school. He was helping a woman named Stella Wheeler navigate her divorce. He was like this, about to be graduate from law school from Columbia. Somehow he was involved in her case. A week after her divorce was finalized in the spring of 1917, they got married. Oh, nice. That's called mixing business with pleasure. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? In the years after law school, Crater worked as a law clerk and he also taught classes at Fordham University in New York City. So he's, remember, he came to New York for Columbia, stayed there to work. He did not come for money. So, you know, he had to work for a living, but he was very ambitious. He was very social. He was a, just an assiduous networker. He just wanted to get in front of anyone who was anyone in the legal or political worlds of New York City. Yeah. He was trying to to generate all kinds of connections and, and become a player in the, the New York City. He wasn't picky either. So he associated with good guys, bad guys. He was kind of, you know, a typical man on the make. When he disappears, it's just as the depression is getting started. So he's doing this through the late teens and into the roaring 20s. Yeah, no, he's
0: not, not much of a looker, is he? Showgirls,
1: <laughs> is very popular Showgirls, as he became, particularly, I imagine, as he became very, very wealthy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: As he did. That always helps when you're an ugly dude.
0: It sure does. Sadly.
1: So his big break was clerking for Robert Wagner, Wagner was a member of the New York Supreme Court. After a few years of doing this, Crater felt, okay, I've got enough connections. You know, this guy was a, a big, big judge. My legal, my, my legal connections are in place. I'm going to open up my own law firm. He did this in 1927, and it was uh, successful immediately. Hmm. He was said to be a, a pretty competent lawyer, but again, also he combined this with his connections, and that quickly made him a very well-paid lawyer. But usually... As you know, to be successful, uh, I don't know, like a successful swimmer in this really pretty unsavory sea that was New York City politics and government, you have to be kind of sleazy yourself. And he was seen as sort of a vaguely shifty character. Yeah. He had some corrupt contacts. He also, as I presumably, again, as he got more money and, and opened up his law firm and became very wealthy very quickly, he started having these slew of showgirl mistresses. And he t- would take him out and pretty openly. I mean, yeah. he would often prowl theaters looking for his next party girl. I mean, he would go alone and just like, you know, check out the showgirls, get backstage through his connections and hi. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a powerful rich lawyer. Wanna go? Wanna so go was, to a chop house?
0: So he was gross.
1: A little bit, sure, sure. But by, you know, this is New York City in the roaring 20s. His behavior was not that unusual at all, sadly. Yeah. But still, he was a little bit extra on the sleeves. He wasn't part of the Tammany Hall. You've heard of Tammany Hall? Yes. I don't know how many of our listeners will have heard of Tammany Hall. That was a New York Party Democratic – I'm sorry. There was a Democratic Party group in New York City in the latter part of the 19th century, well into the 20th century, that was very, very powerful, very, very corrupt – and was, you know, you kind of, if you were a Tammany Hall guy, you you kind of, you got appointments and things like that. So he wasn't, he's associated with those folks, but he wasn't sort of a part of that group in a technical sense.
0: Do you know if he was a Democrat or he must have been a Democrat, uh, right? Probably a Democrat, yeah.
1: I imagine, yeah, if, if uh, Roosevelt, Roosevelt put him on yeah. the court, then I'm sure he was. He was also said to be involved in brokering judgeships. So oh. as we'll find in a minute, you you typically bought a judgeship because, yeah. again, you can you make some serious cash. And and after you were a judge for a while, you'd come out of that. Either you used it as a stepping stone in politics or it really, you know, goosed up your law practice massively. Right. The excesses of this era, though, were starting to wear thin in New York. This was also, as you know, the era of the progressive reformers, the late 19th, early 20th century with just this incredibly corrupt... You know, the robber barons in the late 19th century and the the sort of institutionalized corruption gave way, or at least gave rise to lots of reform efforts. And this was happening in New York City at the time as well. The routine corruption of New York City was starting to be better scrutinized at this point. Crater fell under this microscope. And he did so specifically when he brokered a land sale of the Liberty Hotel from the city of New York to the American Mortgage and Loan Company. He made some cash. Arranged for the sale to happen. The city owned this hotel. They sold it to an insurance company. Not long later, the insurance company then sold it back to the city for a two million dollar profit. Oh a my! Very sleazy wait, deal.
0: Two million. Two million bucks in
1: nineteen. This is nineteen twenty-eight, nineteen twenty. So sometimes yeah, that's a, a big chunk of change. Yeah. Apparently, nothing illegal was involved in that, or was uncovered at least. But it did kind of fit create his reputation as someone who was on the radar of those who were fighting corruption. All of his hard work and his connections and his corruption finally paid off in 1930. He was already a wealthy lawyer by this point, but his ambitions were bigger. He wanted to be a political player, and he wanted to run for office eventually. And that ambition was took just a huge step forward when he was in April 1930, named to the Supreme Court of New York by Roosevelt. Now, this, I've t- called it Supreme Court a couple times. It's not what you think it is in all likelihood. A lot of sources you'll read it, if you read about the Judge Crater story they'll say, you know, they'll say the Supreme Court and they won't explain what it is or they even sometimes say the State Supreme Court in New York. It's absolutely not that. Right. In New York State, every single county has a Supreme Court. It is the highest trial court in the county regular cases.
0: Like we have murders, Superior Court.
1: Rob- exactly. Yeah. Crater was a justice of the Supreme Court of New York County. New York County is Manhattan basically. Oh, okay. So, that's he was basically one of the judges on the top trial court for New York for Manhattan, for New York County.
0: Which would be the most important. Very much in so. New York.
1: No, no, I'm yeah, yeah, but there's 62 New York County, so 62 New right. York Supreme Courts. So they're not the kind of the Supreme Court like we've like a state supreme court. That's actually called in New York it's called the Court of Appeals. And that sits in Albany and that is the single court that is like what every other state pretty much calls the Supreme Court, what the US of course calls the Supreme Court. Right. So so think of him as a very powerful trial judge in an incredibly important place, but not, you know, not right. a, a state. But it's almost always reported wrongly. Yeah. Just FYI. So, I mean, again, still a big deal. It made him kind of semi-famous. I mean, you're in the media when you're one of those justices. Yeah. Again, Robert Wagner is very famous. I think Robert Wagner ran for governor or something like that. So it can make you rich. He's a great stepping stone to politics and to bigger, th- or to bigger things and law, too. So it was a very big deal. Again, he was not strictly this Tammany Hall guy. In fact, he was Tammany Hall apparently had someone else, but Roosevelt didn't pick Tony Hall Roosevelt was a reformer. And so he picked Crater. I, I, now, how corrupt he knew Crater was, right. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or how much attention he, my guess right. is he just someone said, pick this guy, you know, and, right. and he did. Because it was widely believed that Crater, like most everyone else, had paid for his judgeship and a lot of money. Rumor had it that he withdrew $20,000 from his bank account right before the appointment was announced. Wow. So it's, it's likely it cost him 20K. Now, who he paid exactly? I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say. New York City it. officials, whoever put his name forward. Again, I'm not trying to protect Roosevelt. It's very unlikely Roosevelt. This is not a, It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Roosevelt was the governor of the whole state. He was appointing people in 62 of these courts. Yeah. So uh very likely someone within the party said, this is the guy, put him up, and he paid somebody in the city. Right. And all He may even have paid the Tammany Hall folks. Who knows? It, and again, it was more or less standard practice, but for Crater, it was totally worth it. Now that he's judged Joseph Crater, he had barely begun... To warm his seat on the New York County Supreme Court. In the summer of 1930, the investigations that would later eventually evolve into the Seabury Commission was just starting to begin. These were some, we got to look into corrupt politics in New York City, into the police, into politicians. Uh, the heat was just starting to be turned up at this time, again this is 1930. And in this, the mayor at the time, Was named Jimmy Walker, and he was as sleazy and corrupt as you can imagine. He was just venal, but with a smile on his face. Yeah. Government more or less shut down at this time for the summer. This is before there was air conditioning. So the Supreme Court, probably all, I don't know, all New York courts, but they'd shut down for the entire summer, right? Well, not all, all, but isn't that weird? So the main, the the top trial court in New York City would be absent through the summer. It seems unusual now, but I think a lot of things sit die. They cut for the whole summer, so I probably, I don't know if it's June or July, whatever. Stella and Crater went to their vacation home in Belgrade Lake, Maine. It's a oh. town in south-central Maine, north of Portland. It's about 380 miles north of New York City.
0: Sounds lovely.
1: I'm sure it is. So he's lounging lakeside in Maine in late July, and Crater gets a call. From the city.
0: Wait, do you think he was wearing one of those old-timey striped onesies um, I know for suits? a fact
1: he was, because we have a picture <laughs> of that, and we'll put that up on social media. I guarantee he was, and, and as was Stella. And we ha- I actually have a picture of them sitting by a pool or something like that yeah. in those old-timey bathing suits, yes. For sh- so he was.
0: Should I um, post it next to the picture of you and me in old-timey bathing suits? Go for it. Do you remember? That was for Halloween
1: then. <laughs> this was. This was their real life. <laughs> So apparently the call was not super friendly, because after the call, according to Stella, the creator was just really tense. It bugged him. Something was going on with that phone call. Uh-oh. But he wouldn't say who it was. Yes, well, who was it? He wouldn't say who it was. All he would say is that he had to go back to New York City, and that he'd be gone for a few days to, quote, to straighten those fellows out, unquote. Huh. A very famous quote. So, so it wasn't a showgirl. It was not a showgirl or it it, something in family it was business way. and it was not good business. It okay. was not pleasant. It was something confrontational or at least something that worried him a right. great deal. The next day, Crater got back to New York. He goes to their apartment at 40th Fifth Avenue in Greenwich Village. He told the maid, so I, guess, I, I don't know if she a living maid or she came there, but I guess she was there. And he said, You know what? Once you take a few days off, go home now. Oddly, though, that night, Crater went straight to Atlantic City with one of his mistresses, again, a showgirl named Sally Lou Ritz. Her, na- her real name was Sarah Ritzy. She was like 22, 23 years old. Mm. So he gets back to New York and heads straight for Atlantic City and apparently for fun. So how worried was he? That'll be a continuing question. Not, it doesn't appear that he was overwhelmed with, with concerns at this time. But clear, I mean, something pulled him back to New York, but right. it doesn't appear to just be absolutely preying on him. He felt, he seems to have felt unthreatened. Right. It was a quick trip, though, this first one to New York City, because he was back in Maine by August 1st. I'm not sure exactly what day he left, but he was, uh, he came back pretty quickly. Just, I think, I get the sense, just a couple, uh, uh, maybe two or three days. He must not have straightened out those guys, those fellows back in the city, though, because he returned to New York City on August 3rd, just two days later. Jeez. This could have been. I, mean, I imagine you took a train, a train yeah. but it's still got to be a several-hour trip, I yeah. guess. So Stella's birthday was on the 9th, and they were going to have a little bit of celebrations. So he promised Stella that he'd be back by the 9th. So he left on the 3rd again. He'd be back by the 9th, not to worry. Stella would later say that, again, he seemed perfectly normal. He seemed unworried. Yeah. But she had never seen him again. That's the last time she ever saw him.
0: Huh.
1: So we're back in New York City. August 3rd now, Crater appears to just be going about his business for uh, two or three days. Finally, on August 6th, so Wednesday, Crater is in his chambers at the courthouse. His law clerk, his name Joseph Mera, said that he spent about two hours in the morning going through his papers, and he also apparently destroyed, burned several documents. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was you know, crazy unusual or what. But that's what Mara would later report.
0: Well, they probably didn't have shredders back then. No, they didn't.
1: But still, destroying documents. Again, I don't know if just the act of destroying documents is weird or not. They they had to laboriously use scissors. It was very... (laughs) No, they did not. (laughs) Fire. I'm surprised I don't have document burners instead of document shredders. Hmm. I don't know. Throw that out there.
0: Burning things isn't an environmentally sound practice.
1: If you're shredding documents, you're probably not concerned about those kinds of things. Crater sent Mara to the bank to cash two checks that totaled $5,150. a lot of money. It's over $90,000 these days. Oof. So he says, here, take these, bring me back the cash. He also, according to one source, took another $20,000 in campaign funds. But I don't know if that's true. I read that in one source. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know. Crater then presumably loaded up those documents and, and that cash. And we don't know what else. But when he came out of his office, he had two locked briefcases, two large locked briefcases, and he had Mera walk with him to help him carry those back to his apartment in Greenwich Village, which yeah. I was very far away. Remember, this is New York, you walk everywhere.
0: Or take a cab.
1: No, no, you walk, they walk. <laughs> okay. I'm not exactly sure where the courthouse is to his his uh, apartment, but they got there about noon, and Crater told Mera, hey, you know what? Take the rest of the day off. So Mera went home. Mm-hmm. No one knows what Crater got up to the rest of the afternoon. He's in his apartment now. He has these two, whatever was in those briefcases. But in the early evening, he went to Broadway. He brought... As you do uh, to
0: find a... No, he's going to go see a (laughs) show. He
1: bought one ticket. (laughs) One ticket for a comedy called Dancing Partner.
0: Oh, sounds good.
1: Sure, you've heard of it. It was playing at the Belasco Theater at 111 West 44th Street. That's... That's in Broadway. After buying the ticket, he went to Billy Haas' Chop House. As we said, that Billy Haas' Chop House restaurant was at 332 West 45th Street. It's just off Broadway. It's about a mile from the blasco's Theater or so, maybe a little less than that. He must have arranged this dinner earlier in the day because there he met Sally Ritz, his mistress, and a friend of his and also a fellow lawyer named William Klein. Those are the two people who were the last folks to see him. If this was a business meeting, doesn't it seem weird that he had a mistress with him, a showgirl?
0: Um, I don't know. It I seems mean, like it could've been pretty standard practice back then.
1: Really but yeah, but okay, but if it's something really serious that he has to, you know, quote unquote straighten those guys out, I mean that sounds like he's dealing with bad people and that are you know, is it some kind of corruption or something like that, you're not gonna take your mistress with you to that kind of conversation, I wouldn't think, with, with this I, other lawyer.
0: Did men even think women know. could process any information they were hearing?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure, it just seems odd. It seemed like a social dinner to me. Yeah, And I don't know if this William Klein, I don't know much about the, the other lawyer there, I don't know if he was involved in this kind of stuff or not. You know, the, yeah. the shady stuff, let's say. So maybe dinner is social, maybe it wasn't. I tend to think it was. But Ritz and Klein reported again, the Crater seemed totally normal all through dinner. They didn't see any overt signs that he was under undue stress. Yeah. So it, that's one of the very consistent things, or, or at least none that was showing. He's If he was under a lot of concern that, you know, his life could be on the line, yeah, he sure didn't show it. So it doesn't seem like he was, because you think you'd see some of that, especially at a small dinner like this, or, or something his wife would notice.
0: I would say the wife, maybe more yeah. so than, you know, know. Just a couple of people you're having dinner but with. But no
1: one, did. His, his, how about his law clerk, who works very close to them, said he seemed completely normal. Yeah. So... The dinner wraps up around 9.30 p.m. Initially, Klein, the lawyer, told police that Crater got into a cab in front of the restaurant and headed, headed west on 45th Street. That's the opposite way from Belasco's Theater, but, as you know, 45th Street is a westbound one-way road, so the cabbie just would have taken a left at 9th <laughs> Avenue and headed back east on 44th <laughs> to the theater. Sorry, I'm dropping of course. Some, some local knowledge. Because mm-hmm. what happened to me in Manhattan, Wait, I was just... What happened to me? In Manhattan when we were there,
0: I don't know. A person asked me for
1: directions because um, um, I'm just saying that. Um, and I'm super proud times. for some reason. Pardon? That's weird. Yeah, I'm super proud of that. Uh, yeah, that's weird. <sighs> Whatever. It's just jealous a little bit. No one has to carry for directions <laughs> in New York. We, and here's the, and, and did I know how to go? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Did you? Uh, yes, I did. Because I know I know the avenues and the streets. At least I did then. Now I forgot. No, I'm, but anyway, so. That was what Klein the lawyer said, said that for at first Klein the lawyer said Crater got into a cab and left. Sally Ritz agreed with this version, but then later, both witnesses changed their story.
0: Now that's weird. It is
1: weird. They said, oh, no, no, it was us, Ritz and Klein, we got into a cab, he walked. So Crater, according to the second version was seen by them, was last seen by anyone in the world that we know of, walking presumably east on 45th toward Velasco's theater, go go to the show. The show was already like half over, but again, Hmm. he didn't care. So we don't know. Either got in a cab or he walked away. Either way, that's it. If he was walking, he walked into history because he was never seen or heard from again. He would later be labeled the, quote, missingest man in New York. I love that. (laughs) Okay. It's not even clear if Crater got to the theater that night or not. We don't know. Someone did use his ticket, but we don't know if it was him or not.
0: How do they know somebody used his ticket? Because his ticket
1: was used. (laughs) That seat, I don't know. I guess they collect the ticket stubs later on, and that ticket was redeemed. I don't know. But, you know, who knows? Who knows if it was someone who was involved in disappearance, or if he did really go and then disappeared after the show, or if... He, which would be great to know if it was him or not. It'd at least get us a little bit further on the timeline, but we don't know for sure. You, or for someone, he could have given it to anybody on the street. Hey, <laughs> you want to a ticket?
0: You'd think if he was at the show, somebody would have
1: seen him. He was pretty prominent. Yeah. You think in hindsight. But, well, we'll talk about this in a minute.
0: And it, if he went there all the time, ushers would know him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he
1: was a prominent guy. You would think, you, yeah, my I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to think that he didn't go. Yeah. He either gave it away or... If someone you know, was force, forcing him, they gave away? Or maybe yeah. they use it to... me. I don't know what, what happened here, but I, I tend to think he didn't go. So here's why, though, we can't be completely sure, because initially, and for what now would seem a preposterously long time for someone who was so prominent, Critter's disappearance raised no alarm bell whatsoever. No one was looking for him. It was partly... Because of the nature of the times, right? This is a time with no telephones and things like that, or very few telephones. Well, he he
0: wouldn't have missed work.
1: Exactly. His kind of specific circumstances was the biggest part. So his house apparently had a telephone, but telephones were not common, even in homes at this time. And he had been shuttling between Maine and New York City Mm -hmm. back and forth for, for days now. All of his work colleagues thought... He is Went in Maine, Maine yeah. until the, the session comes back in, which would be toward the end of August. Yeah. So they all think he's at Maine, and they have no reason to, to think they should see him in New York City. His wife, of course, thinks he's in New York City, and that when he stays a little bit past the 9th, she's probably pissy, but it couldn't have been completely unexpected. You know, he, right. she knew he had business to take care of, so she didn't raise the alarm right away. So it's days and days. It's almost a week. It's August 12th before anything like an alarm is raised. And that was completely private. So on the 12th, Stella finally got a little worried. And so she called a few of his friends in New York City and just asking around, you know, yeah. where where's, have you seen Joe? I don't know what they called him. I'm assuming they called him Joe. Uh, he's, he should be back in Maine. This was the first time they found out Crater was not in Maine. Mm-hmm. So they had no idea. These friends said, oh, no. We haven't seen him, but don't worry. We'll find out. We'll start yeah. asking around, which is what they did. So, so it's already been a week. Who knows by that time if the yeah. ushers, at that point, ushers who may have seen him days before.
0: They might not remember which could, day. Yeah, yeah, not remember which day. So yeah. it's tough.
1: But those, So the friends now on the 12th, after the 12th anyway, start asking around kind of informally, and they quickly find out that no one's seen him. None of his circle of friends has seen Crater in, in days now, over a week. Yeah. Later on, those friends would say they didn't inform Stella of this because they didn't want her to worry. Yeah, I mean, who knows? They may have thought, oh, he's maybe he's just not partying with the showgirl or something like that. He's in Atlantic City for the last week. No one really thought, you know, he's missing. Something bad has happened to him, or maybe the ones who did aren't going to say that for obvious reasons. So, so no one even tells Stella. Yeah. So as far as she, so for days and days, she just thinks uh, they're looking for him. But uh, you know, I shouldn't be that worried. I'm sure she was. That's where it sat for another two weeks.
0: Good it was, Lord. I
1: know. It's weird, isn't it? This yeah. is would When it was found out, it was instantly the biggest story in the world. Yeah. But for a very long time, no one's even looking for this guy in any kind of a yeah. systematic way. Only then, on August 25th, when the New York County Supreme Court was supposed to come back in session and he was not shown up, that other people realized, hey, something's wrong. He's essentially disappeared at this point. They couldn't keep it quiet any longer. So at this point, friends of his hired a private investigator. I think also the court may have too. But anyway, uh, a private investigator was hired after the 25th, and the private investigator made more professional searches for him. Nothing. Found absolutely nothing. Only on September 3rd, more than a week after court had been in session with no Judge Crater, did Crater's fellow justices decide, okay, okay we better actually tell the real police. And that's when they did. So it was almost a month before the police began their own legitimate investigation into the disappearance of Judge Crater.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah. At that point, immediately, Crater, or at least the lack of him, was on the front page of every paper in New York and very, very quickly nationally and internationally. It was a huge, huge story again. So the New York City police, as you probably know, are pretty corrupt. They certainly were back then. But at least when the New York County Supreme Court judge went missing, they were very thorough. So they sent out a dragnet. They con- contacted everybody he knew. They did tons and tons of interviews. They they apparently looked for him very stringently all throughout New York City. They found that his safety deposit box was empty. And they did not find the two briefcases that Joseph Mayer told them he had brought back to his house with lots of documents and presumably also a lot of cash. Yeah. So, those are gone. His safety deposit box has been empty.
0: The cash that he get mm-hmm. that he got was that emptying his accounts or No, I don't do they think he have plenty of money. Uh,
1: I don't think they emptied his accounts. Okay. They didn't and have a, a ton of money. of money though after that. That's a lot of money yeah. to be having your savings, Yeah, you know, they, I mean, he led a fairly expensive lifestyle as well. Yeah. He had this a, a vacation home, he had a, a, a very nice apartment, he yeah. was entertaining showgirls all the time. The Official investigation though was pretty much no not any more successful than the private investigation was. Other than finding out some things that they could find out because they had search warrants, things like that. Yeah. They, they got no further than the private investigator did. They found nothing.
0: It also be so hard because it's so
1: Yeah. It's far, been a month. Yeah. Even the even the PI was three weeks. Yeah. So it was just almost three weeks. It was yeah. just absolutely no trace whatsoever. The trail was cold, and there'd been plenty of time for anybody who needed to cover something up to cover yeah. that thing up. Yeah. The, the lack of any trace of him from the instant he walked or took a cab away from Billy Haas's chop house was perplexing to the police. They, they could find absolutely nothing. No one, it seemed, could vanish that thoroughly. Least of all this yeah. very recognizable mini celebrity with his picture on the front page of every newspaper, they are baffled. It was very perplexing to the police until Judge Crater started being seen everywhere all at of once course, yeah. by everyone. The craze of seeing Judge Crater started pretty quickly after oh. it was announced on September 3rd.
0: Kind of like Elvis sightings? Yeah.
1: it, it uh, Suddenly, the uh, NYPD received literally thousands of claims that people said, hey, I think I saw him, yeah. X, Y, Z. And, the, and they rippled, by the way, throughout the country. Yeah. Over the next days and weeks, Crater was supposedly seen herding sheep in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. <laughs> sure. He was seen prospecting f- in California for mm. gold, presumably. He was seen as an inmate at a mental hospital in Missouri. Mm. He was seen running a third-rate casino in Morocco. He was also seen just kind of hanging out in Havana, in Shanghai, and all places throughout the world.
0: I was going to say, what would be the country... You know, like from here, we'd escape to Mexico. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Where would it be? Would it be Cuba if you're in New York? Eh, I don't know.
1: Other than any one country. Yeah. He. But I mean,
0: just easy, the easiest, you know, quick,
1: closest, easiest. Canada would be the. (laughs) Well, they have a modern police. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably somewhere in Latin America, you'd think. Yeah. As time marched on and craters stayed missing, the sightings would spike on anniversaries, especially big anniversaries, like the 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary, suddenly there'd be a whole rash of crater yeah. silence. Again, this was a huge, 50 years later, they still did. There was some, I won't go into the details, but in 1970s, early early 70s, some uh, some wags did a, a Judge Crater hoax calling the police and saying, you know, oh. with one of their friends dressed just like he would have looked in 1930 at age 41, yeah. decades later. So it was still a big deal into the 1970s or something that was, you know. Yeah. Hey, I found Judge Crater. I mean, there's like the comedians would say, "Oh, he pulled a crater." Like it, pulling a crater meant you disappeared. Right. It was. It became part of the lexicon. As the search for Crater dragged on for months, some odd things started happening to the showgirls that Crater was involved with. Oh no. Sally Ritz, you remember her? She was the one who was with him on that right? last evening. She mm-hmm. abruptly left New York City sometime in late August or in September. Huh. It seemed very suspicious to the police and to the press, but later that month, later in September, she was found by the police. They tracked her down. She was back in her hometown of Youngstown, Ohio. She claimed that it was because her father had gotten sick, so she was sort of called back home. But she would live until 1970. She never went back to New York City.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: June Bryce Was another show girlfriend of Crater's, and he had been speaking with her on the fifth, the day before he disappeared. You know, later eyewitnesses say, "Oh, he was." We know he was speaking with her on the fifth. Go talk to her. So the police did. Her own lawyer claimed that June Bryce had been involved in an attempt to blackmail Crater. Oh, and the lawyer said that her mobster boyfriend was in on this blackmail scheme, and that guy had killed Crater. Why the lawyer is saying this, I have no idea. They had to investigate, so Bryce was scheduled to speak to the grand jury that was going to hear evidence in her case. She was in, involved in some other criminal case, right? Mm-hmm. And the I think it's a day before or a few days before she was to speak to this grand jury, she disappeared. Oh, like Ritz, she was eventually tracked down, but her in her case, she was not tracked down until 1948, 18 years later. Wow, when she was found in a mental institution. Where she lived the rest of her life. I don't know what's going on with these huh. things, but it, they are interesting. Yeah. Finally, there's a third one too. Vivian Gordon. She was a top shelf prostitute working in Manhattan. She worked for Polly Adler, who was the hugely famous madam, the top madam of mm. New York. She had a brothel. She, her clientele was was rich and powerful, mobsters and politicians, and then people like and businessmen and people like that. And apparently, creator. Was a client,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, in February of the following year, 1931, Vivian Gordon went to the authorities. She said that she knew a lot of stuff and she was willing to talk about it. What happens is that she had lost custody of her 16 year old daughter due to some criminal convictions, I think, for prostitution and uh-huh. crimes along those lines, and so she said, You know, screw all these. I, I don't know who exactly, but the legal establishment, I guess, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I'm going to tell you where the bodies are buried. She was going, she said, I, I know a lot of corrupt things yeah. I've been privy to. I will testify about them to get back at these people, which was not smart. Yeah. And investigations into this corruption had only gotten hotter during the period that Crater had disappeared because of his ties to New York City shenanigans. It had kind of actually risen the heat on these a lot of these corrupt practices in New York City. So Gordon she was not going to just implicate gangsters and politicians she was also said that she had a lot of dirt on the new york uh, city police department some of the high mm. mucky mugs on the NYPD and she offered those up as well 5 days after she made this offer she was found murdered
0: oh good as you might expect yes
1: Ultimately, though her murder and this whole process would lead to a lot more heat on all these crooks. Tammany Hall was completely broken; it ceased to exist. Oh. Mayor Jimmy Walker was forced to resign, and a lot of this, you know, was in part due to the disappearance of Judge Crater, because it, like I said, it, right. it kind of brought more attention to it. But what was this whole web of corruption? Was that what had swallowed up Judge Crater? Was was yeah. he involved in that? And that's what caused his disappearance somehow. We'll get to that in a second. In October 1930, so just he's been gone for a couple months now, the New York City grand jury started his investigation into the Crater case. You know, again, the police had been looking for him, but the the grand jury called their witnesses. They called 95 witnesses. They generated about 1,000 pages of testimony. Stella Crater, she stayed in Maine though. She would not come back to New York City to testify. Huh. I don't know why. Having found no trace of Crater, I knew he was going to call him Carter, in this, but it's Crater. So the, the, the police conclusion was pretty inevitable. They had no idea where a Crater was. They had no idea what had caused him to go missing. They didn't know if it was voluntary or not. Yeah. They didn't even know if he was dead or alive. And if it was an involuntary disappearance, they didn't know if he was involved in a crime or could he have had amnesia or some kind of fugue state or something like that. I mean, they literally had no idea, no good motives, no good, you know, plausible theories whatsoever. They had nothing. It just yeah. looked like we have no clue. And we, you know, looked into it very thoroughly. Yeah. Huh. Unless, of course, they were involved in the, in the, somehow or, or the people yeah. who were, yeah. you know, who were important to them were. I don't know. After the grand jury ended its hearings in, in, um, I guess, in October, later on, Stella finally would return back to their Greenwich Village apartment. I think she did show so early in the next year, in 1931. Because on January 20th, 1931, Stella said that she found a two-inch thick envelope in one of their dresser drawers back at the apartment in Greenwich Village. This Uh is six and a half months after he disappeared. The envelope apparently was not even well hidden or even really hidden at all. It was just in the dresser drawer. And their entire apartment had been thoroughly searched by the New York PD at the time. I was going to ask you if
0: it had been searched.
1: Back in September, they had searched this apartment. Yes, they did. So did they miss it? The envelope contained stocks and bonds, checks, and an insurance policy for $6,000. It also contained a list of people who owed Crater money with a note To keep that part, the list, on the down low, because she may be able to collect on these debts. So again, he was, you know, he was a powerful lawyer slash now judge. So he had some people who owed him, and he, you know, he. he So it looks like
0: he left that for Stella. That's
1: exactly what it seems like to me. Yeah.
0: Okay. So he's. This helps.
1: Yeah, it does. Is suggestive. Yes, for Mm -hmm. sure. Some of Crater's friends said that, oh, you know, important documents like that, he would have kept them on his person, which I find kind of no. ridiculous. I mean, that's dumb. That's I, I read that a couple of places, like, oh shut up.
0: You'd keep it in a safety deposit box or uh, something. Sure. Like
1: that. Yeah. Then maybe that's maybe that they were in a safety deposit exactly. box and that's why it was empty. Yeah. So I mean, why would the police leave that behind though, if they really did see it? I wondered, like, did Stella actually find that in Maine and bring it back to New York and say she found it there for some reason? I don't know why she'd do that. Yeah. But it seems odd that The police, I mean, it could just be that they just flat missed it. They did a a half-assed check when they said, oh, no, we checked under every crevice, and they really didn't, and they just missed it. It's possible. it was in a drawer. In a drawer, yeah. And from what I read, not even like, you know, false bottom or something like that. If they really had emptied the drawers, they would have seen it. So I don't know. It's confusing. But it is telling, though, because it does seem, like you said, it does seem like he was leaving.
0: It's a plan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He He was consciously leaving stuff behind for her. Yeah. So regardless, the police investigated these leads, the leads that came from the envelope, those names and and such, but it went nowhere. It didn't help at all. No one had seen him on this at all, at least, again, that they're saying. In fact, nothing ever led anywhere. As we know, the Crater case went cold. It was not officially closed until 1979, Wow! almost half a century after Crater had disappeared. Huh? A missing husband was kind of tough on Stella, though,
0: uh, yeah, I was going to ask about poor yeah. Stella.
1: She lost her husband, but she also lost his income, and All she right. didn't have any income. And- oh,
0: I was going to ask you, they don't have children?
1: No, they okay. don't have any kids, now. So not much later, she was evicted from the Fifth Avenue apartment in New York City. Yeah. She still had the vacation house in Maine, and she had no really nowhere else to go. So she went back up to Maine trying to kind of make ends meet as best she could. Remember, she couldn't collect. He was a missing person, so she couldn't collect on the insurance. Right. In 1937, so seven years later, she figures, okay, it's a seven-year thing. He's been missing for seven years. He's dead. So he petitioned the court for greater to be declared dead so she can get the life insurance. At this point, at this time, she was said to be subsisting on $12 a week wow. working as a telephone operator in Maine, presumably in that little town, Bel- yeah. sorry, Belgrave Lake, whatever it was. Yeah. So I mean, that would be $240 today, Whoa. a week, a week. I mean, wow. presumably she didn't have any rent. They had bought the house, but still, she was yeah. living hand to mouth, for sure. Her plea was denied.
0: Oh, my gosh. The police
1: said that crater, the Crater case was still open, so... Which seems pretty sleazy. I don't know. If, uh, maybe yeah. the insurance company had some money changing hands. I don't know. Uh, S- Stella married a guy named Carl Coons in Maryland the next year, 1938. The wedding was eight days after Coons's first wife hanged herself. Oh, they had a little habit there of marrying people at weird times. Ooh, I don't know what's going on with that backstory, but that's a that's a different story. The next year though, nineteen thirty-nine, finally the New York court, courts acknowledged that yeah, Craig was dead. Yeah. So they paid her out twenty thousand five hundred and sixty-one dollars, which would be about four hundred and nine thousand dollars today. Yeah. Die. So finally she was okay. She separated from Coons in nineteen fifty. She died in nineteen sixty nine at the age of seventy. She died, still convinced, as she always had been, that her husband had been murdered on that hot August night in nineteen thirty. She thought he was he was killed right, right then and there. Although we're gonna well, I'll save it for the end There there's an interesting story about her that makes that not not that clear. And I, I it maybe that she was convinced he was dead because she needed that insurance money. I, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. So theories. What happened to him? Given the distance of time and the absolute, utter lack of any evidence, even at the time, we're never gonna know what really happened no. to Judge Joseph Force. Crater. I mean, I guess there could be like a hidden document found, yeah. you know, behind a floor under floorboard or a, a skeleton found with usable DNA. Maybe something like that could happen. But well, I don't. Unlikely. Yeah. So Judge Crater is going to stay disappeared forever, but that's not going to stop us from guessing why. So the most obvious theory is that this was some kind of straight up mob hit right that's you know crater had tons of dirt he was involved in this whole web of corruption he knew everything and everybody so if you know he he was going back to straighten those fellows out or whatever yeah. so that that's indicative of someone is t- is calling him in maine and saying bad things are happening it involves you yeah we don't know what though so and he also he burned Remember he burned some documents in his law practice. And, and those other two briefcases were never seen again. Did he take those with him? Did yeah. the bad guys get them from him? Uh, did he destroy those, all but those also, documents? There's
0: never any chatter about any of this or talk of this. That's weird, That's isn't it? the very weird you, part.
1: Someone would say, yeah, no, I off that guy. Uh-huh. Well, we'll find out somebody else, sort of maybe possibly did many decades later. We'll, we'll talk about these yeah. a couple minutes. But it's not true. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to, to spoil that, but it's a complete bullshit story. But yeah, at the time, you'd think there would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I took care of Crater. Yeah. He's in the, uh, he's in the, he's swimming with the fishes.
0: Or even Sleeping if it's not fish, that nobody. guy, somebody else knows. Yeah. I mean, there's more, there would, there would be, be more than one person that knows about yeah, there's it. There's no, there like, would be talk, I yeah. just would think.
1: Yeah. The other mobsters would be oh, yeah, we know who did it. Yeah. But no, there's nothing. But still, he was sort of, he did seem to be, I mean, was it possible these documents he was collecting evidence needed to bring some bad guys down but they got to him first? I mean, that's that's a theory at least that there was yeah. some kind of mob hit. If so though, you're right. It was kept extraordinarily yeah. secret,
0: which is hard to do. Oh,
1: very hard. Yeah. Even if, I mean, even if you hire one guy to do it and they mm-hmm. wouldn't have yeah. there probably been more than one because they uh, you know, you have to get rid of a body so thoroughly. That's not easy. Yeah. But that's kind of the dominant theory I guess is that the bad guys that he was playing with did him in because they were worried about him. Presumably, he is, you know, speaking, testifying, something like that. Yeah. Crater was part of this nasty machine. So why him? Why yeah. would this these people turn on him specifically? He was a powerful part of that. They now had a judge on the Supreme Court of New York City. So it doesn't make sense that they'd want to kill him yeah. unless unless they really thought he was going to testify somehow. And why he was yeah he was not he didn't seem like that kind of guy at all. Quite the opposite.
0: But also. If there was some sort of ongoing investigation and he was going to testify or he was, again, somebody would know about that.
1: You would think. You would think, yeah.
0: He wasn't doing that all by himself. He had
1: just bought that judgeship months before. yeah. So he was, you know, if, I don't know. He doesn't
0: seem like he's that kind of guy either. No, he
1: doesn't. What kind of, what, what do you mean?
0: That's going to try to bring down the bad oh, guys. Oh, the
1: opposite of that. No yeah. way. Not at all. Yeah. He, he was playing along with them. He was part of that yeah. thing for sure. If if reformers, if these investigations were getting close, why would he be seen as, as the weak link mm-hmm. unless he was very specific about Crater? Like, it's you who they're going to go after, you know? And so he's going to go straighten those guys out because they said, you know, yeah. hey, you better shut up. And he's like, I'm going to straighten those guys out. Um, and, you know, he specifically, I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can think of is that it was him. They're going get, to get to him and they're going to use their hold on him. You know, maybe something corrupted he did and threatened jail to induce him to talk like, he, like you do. And, then, yeah. and, and for some reason they thought he might, which yeah. is, I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. It can be. So another theory is that he was being blackmailed. And one of his mistresses, as you remember, alleged this this, right. uh, what's her name, he did dally with the showgirls. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he got one pregnant.
0: Like well, I said earlier. What? That he got one of them pregnant. He could have
1: got one pregnant or he, one of them, like, like you said, he also, he talked too much in front of him and she had the goods and she yeah. knew some things she shouldn't know and she threatened to blackmail him to keep these things secret. Yeah. I don't know. But he, did, I mean, he did clean out his safe deposit box. He did collect a bunch of cash as much as he could, apparently. So was that for him to pay up this blackmail? And yeah. if that's true, why did he was he killed, or did he not get enough cash for them? Because if he's if he was being blackmailed, those actions he took, like getting the money and getting the documents, would seem to be involved in that somehow. Yeah. So why was he dead?
0: Yeah, but also same thing with, as with any other thing. than people would know. There would be yeah. chatters, yeah. And, you know.
1: So if he was being blackmailed by June Bryce and that her story was true, that her mobster boyfriend killed him, I don't know. Oh, like yeah. It doesn't seem to be given a lot of weight by anybody who's looked in to this investiga- to, into this case. Yeah, I so. why not. And again, you'd think that actually, if that's true, the police could have looked into it and proved it, and they would have. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. Blackmail doesn't seem likely to me. If someone, like, if his showgirl, one of his showgirl says, Hey, I'm going to tell people, tell, I'm going to tell right. all, he tells those people and they kill her. Yeah. So that's a much easier thing than, than paying blackmail to her. Yeah.
0: So, and also, if it's the thing that seems most obvious to me, is he disappeared himself. Yes. Same thing. Same thing. There would be talk about why, or somebody would know something. Yes.
1: So say he's being blackmailed, and that's why he yeah. left up his own recognizance. Uh, I, that's that's a big step to do. Yeah. I mean, he, again, he was just coming into his own. He's just becoming this powerful player that he- That's what like, I, that's what I mean. It would have to be yeah. something
0: really big. Huge. And, huge. And, and then and, he and wouldn't be the only person in the world that knew about no.
1: it. No. Some people even said, oh, he ran off of his showgirl. Same thing, though. Yeah. That's kind of silly. Um, But they say, okay, well, hey, the envelope was found in the dresser drawer, kind of like he knew he would not be back, and he wanted to make sure his wife had at least some means of support for a while. This could also explain him getting the cashing those two checks, that he was about to go on a run. He he needed money. He's going to leave something for his wife. He's going to take the rest for himself. Uh, If he was still trying to, quote, straighten out those fellows, maybe he wouldn't have known he was re- returning either. So in other words, if he was going to a rendezvous with the bad guys, yeah. that could also explain why he left, he could have thought, okay, they might kill me at this meeting. Same thing. I'll leave some money behind for my wife. Why he took, apparently, a lot of cash also yeah, that- is doesn't make sense with that, but it uh-huh. would make sense with him leaving on his own recognizance. The problem with that story, though, that he left on his own, is that that would be really, really difficult for Judge Crater specifically to do. He was very distinctive looking, he was very tall, his picture had splashed all over every newspaper in the country, he was very, very recognizable. Again, none of the supposed sightings ever panned out. If a real Judge Crater had disappeared to some place, even off the beaten path, he just, I. I just don't see that lasting for the rest of his life. Yeah. He's only 41. Yeah. So if he just lived 30 more years, he's going to live 30 more years in absolute secrecy and then die in absolute secrecy yeah. and no one's ever going to know. That yeah. seems remarkable.
0: It is hard to believe that. That's and what and happened, he was I, very yeah. prominent.
1: It's not like not quite like Elvis disappearing and not being found, but like can you imagine a like a US Supreme Court judge disappearing? And and never being found to the New York media, he was as big a deal as that. Yeah. So, uh, very unlikely. And he again, he was his picture was just everywhere. Yeah. Someone's going to see him. So I don't know. The the own recognizance part is is just as hard to believe. Yeah. As anything else.
0: So, I mean, the reason why that seems the most believable to me is because it seems like he was setting that up. It does based yeah. on what he a couple of things he did, but the, the actual execution of it seems hard to believe.
1: Yes. And I'd have to say that that it would not be because it wouldn't have been voluntary. So, no runoff of Showgirl or something like that. Right. It would have been, I'm going to die if I don't leave. Yeah. It would have to be. So, but like you said earlier, wouldn't yeah. that mean people would know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. I we find know, that. Hard th- these guys were going to kill him and he disappeared. Yeah. And we, so, we know he ran off. And yeah. that never became part of the lore or anything like that. Yeah. And so. like the
0: whole fugue state thing. I mean, he might have been under some stress, but it doesn't seem like it was that much. And...
1: A fugue state couldn't happen P- because he's wandering people around Manhattan. Yeah, people would see him. Yeah, right? people he, would see yeah. he'd been found in, in two days. Yeah, his friends would have found him the, yeah. uh, within a, a few weeks. Say, well,
0: people have traveled in fugue states. Okay, so, so still, but still, he's going to be
1: found because he he's not get actively too hiding. Far, yeah, he's not actively yes. changing his appearance and hiding. He'd have to be for yeah. him. Yeah, the fugue states makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Yeah, because he was so prominent, yes. and within less than a month, he, his picture was on every paper. Some people say it was a drug deal gone wrong. There's absolutely no evidence of that whatsoever. <laughs> Similarly, a similar story is that there's no evidence that Crater died at Polly Adler's brothel. So he goes there, he's having sex, he dies, right? Yeah. She's got all these mob friends, people like Jack Legs Diamond was a personal friend of her, yeah. Mona um, Rothstein. So she, she calls her mob friends. They go and they take the body and they get thoroughly rid of it because they don't want to bring attention onto her establishment because a lot of powerful people go to her establishment.
0: Sure, but he dies of what? A heart attack? Mm-hmm. Mid orgasm? Okay. They don't have not to, so graphic, Carrie. They don't have to dispose of his body. Just no. go take it, put it on the street. Yeah. Go put it. You know, I don't know. Yeah,
1: they if they very thoroughly got rid of his body. Yeah. if that's true. I mean, it could it could have. they could have dumped it in the river and it did get and didn't didn't wash to shore. It's not impossible. Yeah. Supposedly, some people said that she had written about this in her autobiography that was never published, but no one's ever found a manuscript that proves she had written about it. So, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a long shot. I would throw that in there as a possibility, though. Because, no, you're right. Um, they, hey, let's get rid of this body. And and but you know and then being just a little everything more else thorough.
0: is unconnected. The yeah. the money that he got, the stuff he left yeah, for that Stella. Is more, yeah, it, it'd have
1: to be a situation where he's in the process of maybe trying to flee, <laughs> but stops at a brothel to have sex and die. Or he's he knows he might be killed, and he just coincidental coincidentally dies at the brothel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, I think it's a long shot. I don't, I don't think that's what happened.
0: Also, he's 41. It's not likely oh, that he yeah, died of natural causes at 41. Know.
1: So there was a recent seeming revelation about his disappearance. It came to light in 2005. In that year, a 91-year-old woman named Stella Ferrucci Good died in Queens. She left behind a letter that said, open this on my death. People. In that letter... She, she said that her husband knew who killed Judge Crater. The letter said her her dead husband had told her years before that he'd been drinking with Frank Burns, who was a cab driver in New York City at the time. The husband, his name is Robert Good. He was a New York City police officer. Robert Good knew Charlie Burns, who was also a cop, and he was the brother of Frank Burns, this cab driver. Okay. So. Sometime, presumably sometime in the 1930s, Frank Burns, the cab driver, says, yeah, I know what happened to Crater. And he tells him the story. And the story is that, you know, he picked up Judge Crater outside of the chop house on that fateful night on August 6th. And that just a few blocks later, he pulls over and picks up two more guys. And then they drive to Coney Island and he stops and he picks up two more guys. So there's now a big cab. five people <laughs> in this cab plus the driver. And it was those people who killed Judge Crater. He said that they buried the body beneath the boardwalk on West 8th Street that is now the site of the New York Aquarium that was built in the 1950s. Good's letter offered no motive whatsoever for this seeming random act of violence. No evidence that it actually happened. Um,
0: but wait, they did this all in front of the cab driver?
1: Uh, yes. So, you know, it's unlikely. And, and so if they could trust this cab driver to keep his mouth shut, boy, he, you know, he's yeah. blabbing about it to somebody who wasn't involved in it a few years later. Yeah. There's no record of any human remains being found when the aquarium was excavated and built in the 1950s. One source said that um, that there, you know, the police told them five bodies were found at the aquarium site, but that source was Stella Ferrucci Good's granddaughter. So when this came out... The, the the supposed letter from Stella for Ritchie Good yeah. was brought to the press by her granddaughter who said she'd found it, opened it, and read it, right? All this comes from, and the, that same granddaughter says, yes, at the time, the uh, and, uh, later on, the police told my family that bodies were found in the crime so one of those could have been Judge Crater. There's no yeah. one's word for this except for the granddaughter. And they covered who, it up. They, I'm pretty yeah. sure, wrote the fake letter. Yeah. She never, she wouldn't show it to anyone for very long. She'd kind of let people, like press people, glance at it, but she never allowed it to be, you know, forensically investigated or what have you.
0: Here's the thing after your husband dies, yeah. Why do you need to seal it up in an envelope till after you die? I know you're not implicated in anything. No, Your husband's not. not implicated in anything. Uh, yeah,
1: no, except for keeping a, a a big secret. Yeah, yeah, no, it made no sense whatsoever. It was yeah. complete nonsense. It's this, this, this granddaughter. I don't, I don't know her name, but his granddaughter is just trying to, I don't know, 15 minutes of fame kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, fake. The most probable case I think is that Crater was somehow a victim of his own corruption. He was probably going to be a target of these brewing investigations. Not only was he involved in brokering judge ships that were purchased, but he purchased his own just a few months before. So that's my guess is that you know his invest the investigation into him was kind of going to be sort of a tip of the spear investigation that mm-hmm. would lead to a lot of other people going down.
0: Well, did a bunch of judges go down?
1: Uh, after no. This? Well, there were no, a lot of people. Well, remember the mayor was forced to resign. Tammany Hall was crushed. Yeah. I don't know how many I, judges. I don't know for a fact, but I, I bet you some did.
0: But was that already brewing? It was. But was he. It- but. The his idea, disappearance,
1: kind of. his disappearance brought it, um, helped it along. I think brought a little more attention to it, but it was already happening, okay. and he was, you know, as a decent chance he was going to be investigated, and you know, if he's yeah. brought up in charges, I, I, I just, you know, I don't know. The yeah. machine was worried about him maybe, and that he thought he can straighten out people, and he couldn't straighten them out. Yeah. Right. The and the money could have been for bribe. Maybe the mummy's Money was for bribing. Maybe he's going to try to bribe these investigators, get yeah. them off his back. Maybe it could also be for fleeing, like I think you think.
0: Yeah, um, well, I think it's a possibility, I, but
1: I, I don't think. But I don't. Any think
0: theory? He, I just think somebody else would know about it. I know. So that's weird.
1: Yeah, it is it's weird. It's all weird. But it, you know, so he maybe he took the money because again the money wasn't found most of it. Maybe he took the money to go bribe these bribe somebody, or I don't know, but somehow his cohort, the people worried about him talking, intercepted him, and took him on a yeah. trip he never came back from. The envelope left behind for Stella, I think, like you think, it implies that he was fleeing yeah. consciously, or, or that he understood that... Whether it's a meeting he was going to, it might not be successful. Or if, if, if he right. was like bribing investigators, he could have left that behind for her because he was going to be in jail, right. not dead. Yeah. So it's possible uh, those those both of those possibilities could be true. I don't know. I you know he he wanted to make sure she had some kind of means, whether he was dead or in jail. The weirdness though is the part about how he left behind. These are some people that you can collect from, right? Yeah. Because wouldn't those be? other corrupt people that are going to be involved in this investigation that, that he's going to go down for? I don't know. It's it, it's odd that he would think she could collect yeah money from those people. I don't know exactly who they were, so maybe not. Maybe it's just yeah. literally people he'd lent money to. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, I don't know. It could even be a little bit of a fuck you to the, uh, you know, if it was – other corrupt people who were going, yeah. he thought might be about to kill him. It's yeah. like, Hey, here's, but how does he really think his wife is going to collect money no, from those yeah. bad guys? So what happened to Vivian Gordon though is kind of illustrative. She was the one who was caught up in the same kind of corrupt web that he was and was killed before she could cooperate. It's a little bit, to me that is suggestive, Yeah. but we don't know. There was, you know, no investigation specifically into crater and all his stuff because of course right. he was gone. Yeah. He was disappeared. Yeah. So for over 30 years, Stella, his wife, would go to a bar in Greenwich Village that they liked. It was near their apartment, and she would order two cocktails. She would drink one, and she'd make a toast to her missing husband, saying, good luck, Joe, wherever you are. She would leave the second cocktail untouched. Which implies, maybe she didn't really think he was for sure dead on that that night. I mean, I think she was probably unsure herself. So, Oh, yeah, I... I'm sure she wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't think I exaggerated. I, there is no good theory. Yeah. I don't, every, any, the, every theory you have has holes in it. Yeah. If you think he's, we've already, you know, poked a lot of holes right. in the mob part, we've poked a lot of holes in the voluntary disappearance part of it. I don't know. I, yeah. I, it's not one of those things like, you know, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's whatever. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. What happened to him? I, I don't, I don't know. For some, I, I lean toward somehow he was killed. Yeah, they got, I just don't know who and how, but I think he was probably killed because I think the, the voluntary disappearance would be so hard for him. He may not have realized just how notorious he'd become, uh, but he, I just don't see him disappearing for
0: no. the rest
1: of his life, never being noticed. never. And why Why not even come forward? He'd be famous.
0: Yeah,
1: I, You could write a million-dollar book. Were people really still going to kill you 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later yeah. if he's still alive? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that is the story of the disappearance of Judge Joseph Crater. Yeah, the uh, one of the most famous disappearances in, history, in U.S. history, for sure. Yeah, I wonder. I'm just curious if, if people generally know that or not. Had you heard of him before?
0: Yes, because I've heard of him from you. From
1: anybody but me? Nope. Okay. Huh. I don't know. I think probably it's mostly not that well known. But if even if, it, if, like I said, into the 1970s, it's still a really well-known yeah. case. People generally knew about Judge Crater. Huh. I know. It's been another 50 years, so he's been finally forgotten. One day, people won't know who Elvis Presley was.
0: Well, no, because we Elvis. still see Elvis and stuff.
1: Still, Amelia Earhart is still a big deal. Yeah. You know why? Because they're still searching for, you know, you still have these searches for her and people they yeah. find evidence, things like that. If Judge Crater, if suddenly, if someone did find, uh, he was tall, like, I can't remember, you know, a 6'2 male skeleton in some former mob hangout, I think you might see the Judge Crater theories come up to the fore again. Yeah. That would be, it would gin it up and then they'd find out it wasn't him or they'd find out it was him and it'd be a huge story. Yeah. That's it.
0: Well, thanks, Dean. Sure, absolutely. Anytime. Interesting. Sure, sure, sure.
1: Glad I could help. Okay. All right. See you.
0: Thanks for listening.